0: Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Justin Peters. I hope that you and your family are doing well today. want to thank you very much for watching this video. And in this video, this is a video that I've wanted to make for some time, and it is not an easy subject matter with which to deal, but it is one that is uh, very much on my heart. Um, uh, uh, Several months ago, a number of months ago, I wrote and preached a sermon entitled Marks of a Godly Husband. And as part of my sermon, I talked about the importance of sexual purity as one of the marks of a godly husband, and so in research for that, I did some I uh, did some research on how prevalent the use of pornography is amongst professing and please do note my use of the term professing believers. But uh, these are the statistics that I found, according to Barna Research, the annual revenue of the pornography industry exceeds that of the NFL the NBA and Major League Baseball combined the annual revenue of the pornography industry exceeds that of ABC CBS and NBC combined that is staggering I knew the pornography industry was massive but I had I had no idea it, it was that massive. That, those are staggering figures. Uh, to make matters worse, according to Barna Research, the average age at which a child is first exposed to pornography is age 11. And by the time that child reaches the age of 14, 94% of 14-year-olds have been exposed to one degree or another to pornography. 94%. According to Barna, and this is extraordinarily troubling, over half of pastors admit to looking at pornography on at least a somewhat regular basis. Over half of pastors, and these are just the ones that admit to it. And so my educated guess is is that the real number would the true number would be even in excess of that. That is horrifying. Um, If you are a pastor or if you are in the ministry of whatever stripe and you are looking at pornography, get out, do God a favor in yourself and get out of the ministry, step down. These are just unbelievable statistics. Uh, Not infrequently, I receive emails and phone calls Uh, from men, and they all basically go like this. Dear Justin, you know, blah, 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 you know, a lot of these men will thank me for my ministry and say that they've been helped uh, by my ministry and have learned some things, but then they'll go on to say, "Uh, but I need some advice, I need some help, because I have a certain sin with which I struggle that I cannot get a hold of. And anytime I receive an email like that, when the, when the wording is something like that, I have a certain sin or I have a sin that I struggle with that I can't seem to, to repent of or, or break, I know what it is. I, I know what it is. In fact, um, just a few days ago, I received a phone call from a young man struggling with this, um, you know, to use that term struggling. And uh, so I know what it is. It's pornography. It's pornography and they all say that they just cannot break it. They say they try. Uh, a lot of them will say, well, I, you know, I'll have victory over it for a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, but then I go right back into it, and I just cannot seem to break it. And the first thing I will say to them, of course, I want to know what their testimony is, if, if they have one. But um, I, first thing I will say to them is this. It's not that you can't Break your addiction to pornography, it's that you won't. It's not that you can't stop looking at it. it's that you won't stop looking at it. And uh, let me prove this to you very easily and very quickly. Let's suppose that I were to implant a small little explosive device in your right arm, little explosive device in your right arm. And uh, you know, situate it down there right right there on the bone or something like that. And uh, this little explosive device with some you know just enough gunpowder in it. Uh, this little explosive device had a sensor, and the next time you looked at a pornographic website on your computer would detonate that explosive device and blow your right arm right off of the trunk of your body. Could you stop looking at pornography then? You better believe you could. Let's use the flip side of that. Let's use some uh, positive reinforcement or a positive reward. Instead of a threat, let's, let's go the positive direction. Let's say if I had some way of verifying that you could go an entire year, let's stretch it out to two years, two full years without looking at pornography at all. Uh, And if if you were successful in that, and I had some way to verify, if you were successful at that, uh, at the end of that two years, I would write you out a check for $50 million. Could you do it then? Absolutely, you could. Now, I can't write you a check for $50 million, but theoretically, hey, you could do it. You could do it. So you know what I've just proven to you? I've just proven That you love your right arm more than you love pornography, you love $50 million more than you love pornography, and for all you married men out there who are watching me right now and you're looking at porn, you know what else I've proven? I've proven that you love pornography more than you love your wife. You love pornography more than you love your wife. And a lot of these emails from these guys will say, "Well, I, you know, I I look at porn, but I love my wife. I, I, I really love my wife, but I'm addicted to porn." Don't kid yourself. You do not love your wife. Now you might have some emotional feelings for her, some affectionate feelings at some level for her, but please do not confuse that with love, because you don't love your wife. If you're looking at pornography, you could look your wife in the eye and say, I hate you with a white hot hatred of a thousand sons. And saying that to your wife would not convey hatred to her as clearly as you looking at pornography. Because love, men, is a lot more than just feelings. I'm not against feelings. I'm not against uh, affectionate and emotional feelings towards someone. Not at all. But love is an action. Love does stuff. Love bears real fruit. And if you are looking at pornography, if you are looking at women undressed, other women undressed, then... You can tell me all day long how much you love your wife, and I want to look you straight in the eye and tell you, no, you don't. You do not. And I've just proven something else. Is that you love pornography more than you love Jesus Christ. You love pornography more than you love Christ. Um, a number of you, or maybe some of you who have heard me Teach about this. Um, I've said this. You can't help what you see, but you can help what you look at. Men. All of us see things that we wish we hadn't see, may, seen. Maybe we're, you know, in the I don't know, in the in the kitchen or talking to our wives, and the TV's on, and a commercial pops up, and it's got something there that you know, um, you know, we we can't help what we see, but we can help what we look at. And so don't tell me that you can't break it. Yes, you can. You just don't want to. You won't do it. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't. We can't help what we see, but we can help what we look at. I want to read some scriptures to you out of the book of Proverbs. And I'm going to be using, from this point forward, a new Bible translation. I've been a New American Standard guy, and that is my go-to translation. That's my preaching translation. I will consult other translations, but uh, uh, that the New American Standard is the one from which I always preach. That's my main preaching translation. But that's about to change. Um, have you seen this yet? This is the Legacy Standard Bible, and I will have more to say on this Uh, in in an upcoming video, but uh, this is, for our purposes right here, this is uh, now the most literal translation that there is, even more so than the New American Standard. This is an improvement upon the New American Standard. So anyway, if you don't have one of these yet, uh, please do to get you one. So let's go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6, beginning in verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs for discipline are the way of life, to keep you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the foreign woman. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, nor let her capture you with her eyelids. For an account of a harlot, one is reduced to a loaf of bread, and an adulteress hunts for the precious life." Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Or can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes in to his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not go unpunished. The book of Proverbs has a great deal to say about sexual sin and the consequences of it. Whoever sins sexually... I will not go unpunished. And I want to bring your attention now to verses 32 and 33. The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking a heart of wisdom. He who would destroy his soul does it. You want to destroy your soul? You want to destroy yourself? Commit sexual sin. Commit adultery. Look at pornography. Pornography. And even if you have remained faithful to your wife, in the physical sense, that you have not physically had or had a, an adulterous affair with another physical woman, um, if you're looking at pornography, you are you are committing adultery in your heart, mm. absolutely. Verse thirty-three, wounds and disgrace he will find, and his reproach will not be blotted out. Let that sink in for just a moment. His reproach will not be blotted out. This is not saying that sexual sin is the unforgivable sin. It's not. okay. It's sexual sin, adultery, whatever form, even homosexuality, it's not the of unforgivable sin. Not at all. But sexual sin is different from other sins in that it is sin that that is committed inside of the body not outside of the body and sexual sin carries a a reproach it carries a wound that will never be fully blotted out Uh, it is not to say that you lose your salvation it is not to say that sexual sin from a judicial standpoint is any more difficult for God to forgive us of than any other sin, Uh, God expends no more effort, if you will, anthropomorphically speaking, um, forgiving us of sexual sin than he does forgiving us of lying or cursing or taking his name in vain, something like that, stealing something. So it's not that sexual sin is any more difficult judicially to be forgiven of, but it does leave a wound. It does leave a wound it leaves a stain that will be with you for the rest of your life um, it is it's something that you will never you'll never forget it's it's some it will just leave a wound it leaves a wound uh in a marriage uh, it it if you have been unfaithful to your wife or if your wife has been unfaithful to you you know one part. One uh, partner has been unfaithful to the other in a marriage, regardless of of male or female. Whoever's committed that sin, it is not to say that the marriage is over. Uh, forgiveness can be uh, it can be extended, and uh, forgiveness can be received, and the marriage can can heal. But there will remain always a wound, a scar. Um, I've had a number of surgeries in my life. Uh, the first one I had, you know, for my cerebral palsy, I had when I was two years old and those scars are still there on my legs. Uh, they're, they're still there now they're faded. They're not nearly as pronounced as they were, of course, when I I had the surgeries, but, uh, I can look down on my leg right now and and see this wound on my leg that, um, has been there ever since I was two years old. So it has been there for almost 46 years now. Um, So in that sense, you know, that's kind of an illustration. Yes, we can be forgiven of it. Yes, a marriage can be restored. Yes, a marriage can be healed. And yes, you can can continue to strengthen your marriage. But it's always going to leave a wound because sexual sins are different. They are committed inside the body, not outside of the body. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, he says, "...sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Sexual sin is not to even be named amongst those who profess Christ. And so if you are in some serious, habitual, unrepentant sin, if you are are committing sexual sin of whatever stripe, you have every reason to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9-11, through 11, he says, Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor feminine nor homosexuals, nor covetous, nor revilers, drunkards, swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so if your life is marked by one of these sins in a, in a habitual way, if that's a part of your life... Do not be deceived. You have absolutely no reason to believe that you are in the faith. You have every reason to examine yourself, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, to see if you are in the faith. So if if this is a part of your life and you profess to be a Christian, um, dear man, dear woman, and by the way, according to Barna, about a third of those who look at pornography, guess what, are women. So it's not just a man problem. I mean, more men than women do. But uh, women look at this stuff, too. I was actually surprised at that. About a third of those who view pornography are women. Kill it. Kill it. And uh, I might point out, uh, there's probably some ladies watching me right now, and you're thinking, Oh, yeah, Justin, you you." Go after those mean old men. You, you get them. You let them have it, Justin. Well, well, ladies, I want to be an equal opportunity admonisher, and um, I've got a verse for you, too. It's First Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. Paul says, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, with modesty and self-restraint, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly clothing. Now, I do not believe that uh I don't take a hyper literal uh interpretation of that verse. I don't think that it is inherently sinful, ladies, if you braid your hair if you have pigtails or whatever I'm showing my ignorance in ladies' hairstyles, I guess or I don't think it's inherently sinful if you have a gold necklace or some you know gold earring or something like that i don't I don't think that's the point. The point is well contextually. In this day and age, um, you know, gold jewelry, fine clothing was not nearly as accessible uh, as it is today. And, and two thousand years ago, if a woman had gussied herself up to the point where she was strutting around in gold jewelry, you know, earrings or necklaces or nose rings or whatever they wore back then, you know, and, and uh, it it was obvious that she was making a point to draw attention to herself. That's what she was doing. And so that's the issue here. Ladies, do not dress in such a way that you are trying to draw men's attention to your appearance. Okay, if that's what you're trying to do, if you are trying to draw men's attention to your, to your appearance, to your form, whatever, then that is sinful uh, if you don't do that and profess to be a Christian at the same time yes men are responsible and they're accountable for their own actions their own thoughts absolutely but do not dress in such a way that you are an unnecessary stumbling block for them either it's just not it is not becoming of a Christian lady to to dress in such a way that she is intentionally trying to draw attention to herself so Uh, All of that, men and women, kill it. Kill that sin. Go to war against that sin. Be killing sin or it will be killing you. Put to death the deeds of the body. Romans 8 verse 13, put those things to death. It is not that you can't repent of it. It's that you won't. You absolutely can Mortify your flesh. Take every thought captive. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. You can beat this. If you are truly indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, if you are a born-again Christian, you absolutely can kill this sin. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. Of course not. It's not easy to take every thought captive. It's not easy to put to death The deeds of the body. These things are not easy, but they can be done. And so I would would commend to you men, and apparently some ladies too, but men uh, especially, because I'm really kind of addressing the fellows here, um, put it to death. If you find yourself, if you're tempted to look at something that you shouldn't look at, when you feel that temptation come on, then, then get up, from your desk. Leave, you know, to do whatever it takes to to flee that temptation. Be be like Daniel and his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel says he made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So so make up your mind right now. Don't allow yourself to get in a place where you're going to be unduly tempted. Whatever it takes to remove that temptation from you, to put it as far away from you as you possibly can, do it. You know Jesus was very clear. If your eye causes you to sin, to stumble, pluck it out. Your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Uh, That that's those are some stark words. And I'm not literally saying I don't believe you literally have to get a hatchet and cut off your your hand, or you know get a spoon and gouge your eyes out. But it is the seriousness with which we must go to war against our flesh. The good news is that if you are a Christian, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And men and women, you have everything you need to kill that sin. Uh, There is no temptation that is too strong for you to resist. We know this from Scripture. You are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You have a new nature. Uh, You have the Word of God, the sufficient Word of God. Feed on it. Spend time in God's Word. Read it daily. And, by the way, don't bother with trying to break some generational curse or cast out the demon of pornography. You know, you you hear this a lot. Oh, if you're an alcoholic, it's because you've got the demon of alcohol that was that's been passed down through your bloodline. You see, your great-great-great-great-grandfather, you see, was an alcoholic. And the the demon of alcohol has just passed through your bloodline. And if you're addicted to pornography, uh, it's because your great-great-great-great-grandfather was addicted to No, no, wait a minute. That doesn't work, does it? Huh. Because there you see, there were no cameras back then. So what? there's no such thing as the demon of alcohol. There is no such thing as the demon of pornography. What exactly did the demon of pornography do before cameras were invented? How did he pass his time? Okay, so that's a bunch of garbage. Um, a very faulty view of spiritual warfare. You don't need to be breaking any generational curses or casting out any demons because all those things are. It's just a way of trying to absolve people of their responsibility to do one thing, and that is to repent. Repent. That's what you need to do. Not break generational curses or cast out supposed demons of whatever. Repent. That's what you need to do. And read your Bibles. Read read the Bible with your wife. Read the Bible with your wife. Men do that on a daily basis. Kathy and I read Scripture together Every night, you know, unless I'm traveling preaching somewhere, we read Scripture together every night. It's a highlight of my day. I love it. I look forward to it every night. We do that right before we go to bed. Do that with your wife. Love your wife. Kill your sin, or it will be killing you. Um, I want to commend to you a couple of books here. One of them is by J.C. Ryle, John Charles Ryle. He was, he's been dead now for a hundred and. 20 years I believe but um, he was uh, uh, ordained by the Church of England died in the year 1900 but this book, Holiness can you see it? J.C. Ryle Uh, Men, get this book get this book Uh, another one that I would commend to you is The Mischief of The Mischief of Sin okay, Mischief of Sin by Thomas Watson, Puritan preacher Excellent book, and I know I'm breaking all the rules of YouTube. I'm not a I'm not a professional video guy, but anyway, um, the Almost Christian discovered by Matthew Mead. The Almost Christian discovered by Matthew Mead. Um, oh, there we go. Verse image here. All right. Um, these books will be of, of great help to you. I believe that they will they will be of tremendous help to you. So uh man I you know, those statistics that I began this video reading are troubling and I have no doubt that there's a lot of men right now watching this video and, and I'm and you're thinking, That's me. Yeah, I'm I'm talking to you. Put it to death. It will wreck your marriage, it will destroy your marriage. It will destroy, it will utterly shatter the trust and the respect that your wife should have for you. And men, you know, um, I've heard others say this, and I and I actually know this to be true because I've, I've been married now for 10 going on 11 years. Uh, I know the the deepest need, I guess, to say it that way, the deepest need that I have from my wife, uh, what, what I most need from her is, um, of course, love, but, but all of this is part of love. It would absolutely crush me if, she, if I thought that she did not respect me. If I thought that, uh, that in her eyes, I was not at home, who I am out there, uh, who I am out preaching, teaching, or doing these YouTube videos. or uh, if, I, if I thought that my wife did not know that I am in private with her who I profess to be and am in the public, it would crush me. I, I, I just couldn't live with it. Uh, we as men need that respect from our wives I can't think of any faster way for you to lose respect from your wife than to look at pornography um, it, it, I, I there's no words I cannot I cannot even exaggerate uh, the amount of harm that it will do to you the reproach will not be blotted out put it to death It will destroy you. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your ministry if you're in ministry. So kill it, men. Kill it. Kill it for the glory of Christ. And as I close, I just want to close with the gospel briefly. um, If you're watching this and maybe you are convicted of, of your sin, whether it's sexual sin or some other sin, Uh, and you're not certain of where you are in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to get real honest before God. Cry out to Him. Confess your sins before Him. Acknowledge that you are broken and undone. Ask Him to grant you faith and repentance. We are all great sinners, but Jesus is a far greater Savior. Jesus came to this earth fully God, fully man, willingly laid down His life on the cross. His life was not taken. He gave it. And on the cross, Jesus offered his perfect life as a perfect sacrifice to perfectly satisfy the perfect wrath of God. Three days later, bodily raised from the dead, proving himself to be who he said he was, God in human flesh. And if you will confess your sin before God, cry out to him, come to him in a godly sorrow, confess your sin, ask him to save you, he will. Jesus says, the one who comes to me. I will in no wise cast out. All right. Thank you very much, dear ones. Uh, Not not a particularly enjoyable video, I suppose. Uh, But I hope that it will be helpful to a lot of folks. And dear ones, let me add this little addendum here as well. Given the nature of this video, be very careful what you say in the comment section. I know some ministries have disabled the comments because they're they can get get so out of control. I have not done that yet on my YouTube channel, not yet. So um please be careful. Be wise. Think before you write something in the comments. Don't use this as an opportunity. Oh yeah, Justin was talking about pornography and I know Billy Bob down the road here. He's you know, I know what he's doing. And I, I don't do that. If I if I get any whiff of that, um, I'll, I'll cut it off. I'll, I'll just disable the comments. So be careful. Be wise. Be edifying in, in what you say. Okay. All right. Till our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, are interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.